You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. And as we delve into this week's topic, a reminder that some of the content may be of a sensitive nature. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. Well, welcome to another edition of Momentum, and we have with us again, Richard Fay. Thank you, Richard, for joining us again. Uh, It's great great to be back. No, that's really cool. And so we're going to talk today about a key issue that affects many, many men. And certainly Richard, as a counsellor and as a pastor, has seen this time again, and that is the whole issue of mental health. And, you know, we often think that mental health doesn't affect everybody, but at different times in everybody's life, it does. And Richard, you've had your own story uh, of what happened in your world. Would you like to talk about that? Yeah, I will. And I just want to say over 40% of people at some point in their life struggle with mental health issues. So it's very prevalent, but we just don't ever think, we think if you have to go and talk about it, there must be something really wrong with you. So, and of course I am a psychotherapist and counsellor, so I want to encourage people. It's safe. I, I had a client today and uh, and he said this is the first time he's ever talked to someone, but he felt like if he did that, he'd acknowledge he'd failed. Uh, and I said, oh, no, just by talking to me, you're succeeding. Yes, exactly. Because you're starting a journey to health. Mm. So my own story, um, and, and I'll tell it as quickly as I can, but um, I'm the boy at school who's hopeless at sport. And so you never pick me for your team. And so if they're picking, you know, w- where they're picking teams, they pick all the other boys until there's just me left. And I'll just join whichever team uh, needs an extra person. And often the team don't really want me because I'm that bad <laughs> at sports. But, of course, what is the boy experience? Uh, I don't belong. I'm not wanted. Yeah. And so if I perform, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll be included because we have to be included because we're meant to belong because we're relational beings because we're made in the image of God and God is love and love is relationship, Father, Son, and Spirit. So fast forward to... 16, I come to Christ, and at 17, I'm leading a small group. And within four years, I'm now leading a youth group of about 250. Wow. Well, guess what? Richard belongs now. Richard's included mm. because I've got the gift of the gab. I've now discovered a whole lot of confidence in what I can do. Fast forward another 25-plus years, and I'm senior pastor of a church, and that church is growing. And the more the church grows, the more successful the church is, weirdly, this this uh, fear that I'm going to be excluded becomes louder in me wow. until at 49, having tried so hard to do so much to get that sense of worth and value, not knowing, not consciously knowing that's why I was doing it, I burned out. Mm. What did burnout look like? It looked like insomnia. It looked like feeling uh, lonely and abandoned when I wasn't with people and overwhelmed when I was with people. It made me feel uh, depressed, like I didn't feel any joy. I I didn't sense God's presence. I I had lost all motivation for ministry. Um, I I felt like I'd failed. I felt quite pathetic. I was crying a lot. Um, And uh, so it was a horrible experience, depression, burnout, and actually a realization that I'd lived with anxiety for decades. And anxiety had fueled so much of fear. It fueled so much of my efforts. And I wouldn't even have known that I was doing that. I was hiding that from myself, let alone everyone else. Yeah. Anyone who met me, saw me, knew me would have said I was succeeding. And I went yeah. to a counsellor when I was in burnout. And uh, that counsellor listened to me and said, it's okay. And I said, it's not okay. And they said, it's going to be. Yeah. This is where, it, this is, like I said earlier, this is where it starts. Mm. And I slowly got well got to know and understand my story and work through 
that I took time out, which if you are really struggling, you either need professional help and or you may need time out. Take a break. I remember Louis Giglio uh, talking about uh, the, the period he went through in his life where he felt the same. It just was like wham and he had lost his confidence he didn't want to preach he didn't want to teach he didn't want to do anything and he just sat in a chair in his house and didn't move yep and it was only when he got sort of close friends around him and you know certainly read his bible and started to refocus on things that are important that he he got himself out of that so what were the things in your world you were able to do to help you you know, break free from those issues. So um, this is going to sound weird, but creation was a huge gift. Uh, I went into nature. I went into where the bush was and I noticed God's beauty. I would smell the, the trees and just spend a lot of time praying, but learning to pray for the very first time. I think not praying for anything specific, but learn, but praying that I might discern God's presence again. Yeah, not to not because when I was a pastor, I'd discern God's presence, get a word, and I'd use it. I'd give away all the bread I was given to feed others mm. and never feed myself. So learning to feed myself, learning to care for myself, having friends who would just sit and listen, not friends who would try and fix me, not quote scripture at me, but just listen to me and go, I'm here, I'll listen. You know, as friend, I, I, I said to some of my friends, I don't want you to tell me God loves me. I know that logically. Yes. I want you to tell me that you love me. Because if you tell me God loves me, it's only making me feel more alienated from God. I need you to tell me that, that, that I matter to you. And if I matter to you, then I must matter. Yes. Then I must matter to God. And slowly it turned around and I started to very slow, very slow, very patient with myself, started to come out of that time. And of course, I've left it now many years ago and I don't imagine I'll ever go back to it because I learned so much. Um, but all of those things that are what happened, anxiety, fear, depression, sleeplessness, no energy, mood change. I was so irritable. Oh, my poor wife. Yeah. <laughs> and then that, that's a sign yeah. to look for. If you're easily triggered, easily irritable, you snap at people. Yes. Or, or you get suddenly very critical of yourself. Or you might start finding you can't avoid an addiction that you thought you'd be able to conquer and suddenly mm. that addiction seems to be taking over your life. Um, or your sex drive, either you lose it altogether or suddenly you, you you can't stop thinking about sex. Weirdly, those are things that tell you you're probably heading towards some kind of burnout or depression. Isn't that interesting? Because most men, I guess men, maybe even women too, but most men, when they think that way, they think, oh, you know, if I'm more interested in sex, then that's a good thing. But it's not necessarily a good thing. No, sex is not about sex. Sex is yeah. it, it, Healthy sex is about intimacy. It's yeah, about love. Of course. Yes. But when we're actually just about arousal and facilitating that, we're actually medicating uh, distress in our bodies. We're mm. trying to take away that distress. Mm. Because any man who experiences sexual release feels relaxed afterwards and that's what he wants to feel. And so he's using that mm. to medicate his stress to try and fit. But of course it doesn't last very long. It doesn't work. And if a man ends up going to porn or casual sex, he's only making the problem worse. 
Yeah, that's good advice. That's, I mean, that's, it's important that men understand that. So, so what other things affect people? What, if you were looking at somebody, what would you identify? I mean, you've talked about sleep problems. You've talked about um, stress. You've talked about relating to people, you know, abuse. Are there other things that, that um, you it can, uh, Yeah, people in that kind of distress, they can put sudden weight gain or sudden weight loss. Oh, right. uh, they start eating junk food or they lose all their appetite. Mm. Um, they, they, they stop exercising or they become completely addicted to exercise. <laughs> it's extreme. It's about, yeah. very much around extremes. Yeah. They can't easily regulate um, their, 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 um, their behavior. Um, and, and they can, can become completely absorbed by work right. or they don't work at all. Notice these extremes. Yes. Clearly, you're going through that that burnout for yourself. Um, the next step for many men would be thoughts of suicide, or you know, I'm worthless. Yeah. I don't have any esteem. I'd be better off for my family if I wasn't here. Those are the sort of terms that men use. That's, that's where lo- where they're starting to lose grasp of reality. Yeah. They think. I'm just a burden to my family. My, my wife would be better off without me. My friends would be better off without me. I don't want to be a burden on them. I, I, what they're actually doing is they're abandoning themselves. The old saying, it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Oh, my goodness, it's a devastating solution because, of course, then everyone else has to carry the mess that is left behind by someone who would ever do that, and too many men do. And I just want to say, if you have thoughts... I just could drive off the road into that tree. That's a, that's a siren. That's you need to talk to someone, anyone about that. And of course, what suicidal thinking also says is no one can know about this because if anyone knew about this, everyone would freak, everyone would lose it, and then I'd lose the only way out of this pain. And I need to keep I need to keep this way out of way, way out of pain open, so no one can ever hear about it. And that's an absolute lie. That's an absolute lie. I, I need to share this. A friend of mine took his own life last week. Wow! And so this is very very fresh for me. And I know the pain that he's left behind so so many lives because of this. And it, he was in um, lockdown and COVID. Um, he was isolated, he was a single man, he was growing older and the fears just got louder. He wasn't connecting. He could have connected virtually, he could have found ways to connect but he wasn't connecting. There's always someone who will listen. Mm. I know this friend who did this terrible thing, I, I, would, have, I would have listened to him for hours on end if, if, that, if I knew that was, that was where he was at. Yes, of course. And just for people who are men who are listening in, uh, we just uh, are talking about mental health issues and we should say that, you know, if you are struggling with mental health issues, there's plenty of people, and not only in church, but also except Lifeline on 131114, Beyond Blue, which is 1300224636, and there's plenty of other people. But I guess the bottom line is, um, you know, find somebody to talk to, find somebody who will listen, who will tell you, how they feel about you, that they love you, they care for you, and that's All so that, important. That you matter. And and I just have to say here that I have taken so many people, especially men, from that place to a place of flourishing and thriving. Uh, and 
the problem is is that men, when they get themselves into that mess, they then start thinking everyone thinks they're a failure, they're a loser, they're hopeless, yeah. they're stupid. And that's a lie. Yes, exactly. We're talking to Richard Fay. This is, this is a great conversation for men who are struggling with you know, how to do life. We talked at the last um, session about mental health and the things that identify as mental health, but also, um, you know, things that men can do. And, you know, one of the big influences in our world at the moment is COVID and the, the pandemic and lockdown and all those sort of things, which is affecting a huge number of men and their self-esteem. Things like, you know, I don't have an income. I don't have a job. My role is to look after my family. I can't do it. You know, what, what do I do? Um, well, obviously there are lots of supports out there, but I want to say a man's identity is not, <laughs> which is going to our, our yeah. previous podcast, yeah. a man's identity is not I have to provide for my family. I help provide for my family as best as I'm able. And if I'm unable to, well, then I'll access other supports and will make do somehow. Mm. When I went through burnout, our finances went backwards. I accumulated some significant debts over a period of two years. We got through it, and now it's like it never happened. Yes, twelve years later, it's it's very much in the past. But at the time, it felt quite scary, and I didn't know how I would get back providing the way that I had. Well, now I'm providing more than I had because life is a long thing, a long trajectory. And what when we get really stuck, especially if we're in COVID, we feel like it's going on forever. This is going to end next year. Life is going to return. We're going to be singing and dancing and laughing and having fun again next year. And it's near the end of 2021. 2022 is going to be a whole different reality. It's not far away. It's very close. And, you know, they always say it's dark. It's just before the dawn. Well, I just want to say the dawn is coming. Yeah. And if anyone's in lockdown and they feel like this is endless, this is not endless. This yes. has an end point. And it has been going on for almost two years now, but it's coming to an end at long last. Keep your eyes, keep your heart set on that time. Start imagining. What is it? What are you going to do? Start planning. What are you going to do yes. when you can get back into the real world? Who are the people you're going to catch up? What are the countries you're going to visit? What are the states you're going to visit? What are you going to do with your life? What is a job you'd really love to do? And don't say, oh, but I couldn't do that. So yeah. we, we don't pole vault into a future, we step into it. There are steps you need to take. What are those steps? That's fantastic. That's so good advice. Um, Richard, obviously there's a point people reach, men reach, where they need to think about getting medical advice and ultimately probably medication. So what are your thoughts around that space? So I went there. I went to my doctor. My doctor sent me for blood tests and then just to check that my body wasn't playing up and that was all good. So he put me on antidepressants and I can tell you, I held the tablets in my hand and I cried and I said, oh dear, I'm, I'm such a failure. Mm. I don't trust God enough to get well. I need medication. That wasn't stable Richard speaking. That was depression speaking. Yes. And I took those tablets 
you know, three months later, I said, thank you, God, for these tablets. They're starting to work. I'm so <laughs> glad that some scientist has invented these things because then I want to just say about medication. Medication does not get you well. Medication, yes. imagine a building that's getting refurbished, but the facade is beautiful and historic and we want to look after the facade. So what we're going to do is we're going to put scaffolding to hold the facade in place while we refurbish the inside. And then when it's all put back together again, we'll take the scaffolding away. Antidepressants is the scaffolding. We're going to do some refurbishing on the inside. It's not going to do the whole work. It's just going to hold you in place while you do the work, which is going to be worth doing. It's going to be life-giving. And then when you're better, we slowly take all the scaffolding down. You come off the medication and you get on with life. I'm, I've been off medication for years, but I was on medication for years and I got well. I think that's an amazing analogy. I've never heard it before. So thank you for sharing it. There's going to be lots yeah. of men who, you know, understand where they are. They are maybe scared to take medication, but that simple scaffolding analogy is brilliant. And so I, I, I so much thank you for sharing that. That's really cool. Obviously, you know, men who are going through depression, they have, may have or may not have partners. Can we talk about the advice you would give to partners who have got a husband or, or even a husband having a wife who is going through depression? What tips can you give them to help their partner? Listen, but don't agree, but listen. Listening is acknowledging that person feels how they feel. Please don't give, uh, you don't need to feel that way. Well, they do, so that's not going to help. Oh, everyone's got problems. Your problem's not as bad as others. That doesn't help. Mm. Um, just, just, you just need to pray more. That's not going to help. Go, I hear. So actually mirror back what you're hearing them say. I hear you're not coping with life right now. That you're finding everything really, really hard. You watch because they'll probably start crying because they feel heard. And then, of course, say you are there for them. And this is going to take time but we're not going to rush it because it's worth, they're worth that time. That's great. And you're going to go with them to get help. My wife came with me to my first counselling session, not to anyone after that. She came to the first one. She sat with me through it. And after that, I went on my own. She came to me, came with me to the doctors the first time I went. She drove me there. And I also want to say to any partners, be patient because if that person, that man, in your life, he has got burnout or depression. He's probably going to be quite irritable and, and self-centered and not able to see your needs right now. And you might have to hold the family together for a while, as my wife did. Mm. And you might just wish this would just move on. And when will you actually get the love and care you deserve? You will. And you need to look after yourself. Oh, gosh, you need to look after yourself. You need to put clear boundaries and not tolerate any abuse, not tolerate any shouting. No, no, you're not going to do that. Mm. Not under my roof. Yeah. Um, so there's still a firm boundary. Absolutely, you don't just give in to what the you know the the burnt out or depressed partner's feeling. You're firm and clear with them, and you make sure they're getting help. If they say I'm not going to get help, well, you say, well, it's not going to happen on my watch. You're going to have to move out if you're not going to get help because I'm not having you doing or acting out in the way you're acting out under this roof. And of course, the reason we wouldn't do that is we fear they might go and do something terrible to themselves mm. but say you don't have to do that you just have to choose help and i will help you with that 
give them a few days to consider that. And if they still refuse, well, then consider what your options are because anyone who refuses to get help is only going to get worse when they're in that state. Exactly. We've been talking to Richard Fay about uh, mental health. And just to reiterate those numbers again, we've got a lifeline, which is 131114, Beyond Blue, which is 1300 224636, Men's Line Australia, which is 1300 789978, and Sane Australia, which is 1-800-187-263. We've been talking to Richard Fay. Richard, thank you so much for your insight and for your time today. And uh, we look forward to getting you on again when we, uh, when we next catch up. Des, been lovely being with you. Thanks very much. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum. Momentum.